0: Craig?
1: People are hooked now, you know, just awkward (laughs) silences forever to start, to start the episode. We got,
0: we got intro music. So, I mean, all that's going to be covered up by intro music, so it'll be okay. Well, they won't be too awkward.
1: Intro music from Randy (laughs) England at Randy England music on Instagram. I haven't plugged him for a while. Thank you, Randy, for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a podcast versus everyone episode 155. I'm Craig powers with me as always is Jeff nooser Jeff, yeah. how are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I mean I'd you know be better if if the uh basketball team would quit puking up big leads, but
1: you know, other than that. Well you know uh good, okay. it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of just what happens this year it's just happened over and over again to the point where um it, uh is expected honestly the stanford game though was the lowest of the low going 12 minutes without scoring in the second half as stanford scored i believe 23 points over that time uh 23-0 run which uh when you start trying to
0: contextualize just how much 12 minutes is (laughs) it's like fuck, man like it is so long it is so so so.
1: Well, it was. I mean, so long. You, so their bucket was at the 17 minute mark. It's about 17:30. So they had the under 16. They had the under 12. They had the under 8. And they damn near got to the under 4 before they finally scored. So you had three media timeouts to go along with a you know I think Smith called it at least one or two timeouts in that time. So just even in in real minutes it was at least a half an hour more you know probably more like 40 minutes between not just a basket any point whatsoever and then of course to, it was it was one free throw that broke it and then they went another couple minutes without scoring after that so it was yeah. it was just it was like one point over 14 minutes or so
0: yeah it it was we we lived through the dick bennett era during which time there was there were nights when it felt like they might never make another basket the rest of the season right Right. but i I mean i don't know if there were ever legit 12 minute droughts in that i mean it's there may well have been
1: it was a higher-paced game than a Dick Bennett game. It was a 68-possession yeah. game. It was an average, basically, possession game. Yeah. So This wasn't playing, like, you know, okay,
0: yeah. we're slowing it down. This wasn't like the Cal game, right? We'll get to the Cal game. But it's like, you know, this wasn't like we are trying to take every last second off the shot clock, and then you go 14 or 12 minutes without scoring. This was, you know, we're running up and down the floor, and we still can't put the ball in the basket in any possible way. Uh, I just... If it hadn't happened if they hadn't you know blown so many leads this year already uh, i'd probably laugh about it right like like i mean some of the games that people you know still cringe about the particularly football games right you know the ucla game or the colorado state bowl game or whatever like i just laugh about those because i'm just like whatever man like it's a, it, you know the cal game you know when Connor Halliday threw for, you know, 8,000 yards in one game. Like all of those, you just sort of like, for me, I end up kind of just going, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Weird shit happens at sports. But, but this is like, this is not weird shit happens at sports. This is like the, you know, fifth or sixth time this has happened this year. So uh, I, yeah, I I don't know, man. It's harder to, it gets harder to laugh about it each time it happens.
1: Well, and it's so frustrating because they looked again, so good. In the first half, and they looked really good up until that twenty-six to one run, which is the longest line I've ever seen on Ken Bomb. I think
0: <laughs> I know he puts them the <laughs> the,
1: so the run and on the win probability graphs. He put it's the only no, it's the only run really in the game, more than because it's got to be like a you know like a ten point run or so. And he, the 26 to one run stretches from the 17 minute mark to inside four minutes, Yeah, which is nuts. I've and, always, and,
0: I always love looking at the Ken Palm win probability because of those runs. Like, I love the way it shows like, okay, these were the runs and you're like, okay. And you can see, you know, the little squiggly line up and yeah. down and, and whatever. I
1: <laughs> went from, when they got to 42, 42 31, uh, wc was at basically a 92 percent win probability, and by the time uh, that 26 to one run ended, they were at a uh, less than two percent uh, probability. Yeah,
0: it's win. it's it's crazy. There have been so many games this year where they like the line is you know in the 80 90% range for the Cougs, and then it just you know swoops up the other direction this is one of the steepest they, lines you know believe yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, i mean it they just, just
1: it's amazing they, you know they were they were cooking like Muhammad gay played his best game of, the, of his career and yeah. you know flowers hit that three they were feeling good it was 42 31 and then it's just, it's like inevitable once this team builds a double digit lead or gets some daylight, something yeah. happens. You know, they yeah. like, they, 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 they take the foot off, they give a couple, but, you know, uh, Stanford reeled off seven points real quick, like next three possessions. You know, they scored score, stop, score, stop, score. And so after that, Stanford really wasn't scoring in bunches for the rest of the run that much. Like they had one in the middle where they went from 42 to 52 pretty quick. Um, but after they got to 42, 38 WSU held the lead for another almost five minutes. Yeah. And just couldn't <laughs> score. They held, they
0: didn't score from, it looks like, okay, just in, just under 18. Uh, they went from just under 18 to about 1130 before they actually relinquished the lead without scoring So about half fish of that uh, of that run they didn't score and they still were able to hold the lead <laughs> but once once they gave up the lead then it then it kind of came then in it
1: on. yeah it, then it was and uh, you know I read you know something you and I have talked about and you wrote about it in your Monday afterpiece is you know kyle smith after the game said you know they get punched and they just can't punch back but you know that what what you've said we've we've talked about it that would kind of seem to say that they they kind of just lose focus they're not even trying anymore but you kind of have a different way of seeing it
0: yeah i mean it looked when i think okay there are a lot of different ways you could say don't punch back and there are a lot of different ways you can interpret that. So, you know, I don't want to pretend I know exactly what Kyle Smith meant when he said that. You know, I, I watched the video. I, you know, I, he wasn't super clear. He was kind of as Kyle Smith does. He was kind of rambling. Um, but after this one, he was he was maybe rambling a little bit more, uh, which, you know, is is perfectly uh, understandable given what he, he had just uh, been through. And when I think a team that doesn't punch back, I mean, I, th- I think a team that, you know, in basketball terms, maybe is passive. Uh, guys start standing around. They start passing up shots. They, um, you know, they, they just sort of look uh, befuddled. Right. We saw that. We have seen that, by the way, in our scoring droughts the last couple of years. Right, whenever, um, say C.J. Ellaby was out or Isaac Bond, Tom was out or whatever, and we'd hit one of these yep. scoring droughts, and then everybody would just sort of like pass the ball around the perimeter yep. and just kind of go, uh,
1: nobody I, wants uh, to, take you shot. know, yep.
0: I'm not taking that shot. You take a shot, you know. And this team is not that this team does not lack for guys who want to take that shot to try and snap the team out of the funk. Um, The problem is that when they are doing that, they're taking, you know, terrible shots. They are Mm -hmm. they're pressing they are. Um, they are not working within the flow of the offense. Every guy is sort of like, hey, I want to be the one to break us out of it. And, and I don't think it's like that makes it sound, I think, more selfish than it actually is. I just think I think they've got guys who want to make plays. And so they get just, you know, slightly outside of their I don't want to say their ability level, but but the, they get slightly outside of what allows them to be successful. Um, and then you just they, they just take sort of successively lower probability shots. To, to the point where or the, sh- they you know, the shot attempts the just get sort of more... Yeah. Yeah, they get more absurd, and they dribble into traffic. They force it, and then they're... Turn the ball. You know, like, there was so and, many...
1: In, yeah. In that stretch, there was such a crazy amount of just Stanford stripping the ball out of yeah. WC's hands. Like, just digging down and ripping it this team doesn't do out. that. We don't do yeah, that. they don't... Right? We don't turn it over, and Stanford doesn't force turnovers that much. Right. And that, that's But we the, were out of control. Yep.
0: We just get progressively out of control and, you know, the results turn out about as you, you know, would imagine, which is, you know, not well, lots of misses and, um, you know, it's, it makes it even worse when you're missing, uh, when you're missing bunnies, <laughs> which yeah. there were a few of those too. Um, I did count it up, by the way, they had 17 possessions in a row without scoring. they that's, uh, that's, there on the oh Ken Palm timeline, so. That's good Lord for, for context. I think, uh, hold on. Let me look for context. I don't think I see a streak anywhere else in the game of fewer than three possessions or four possessions without scoring. So yeah, I see a few other spots where they went three possessions without scoring. That was it though.
1: This was 17 possessions in a row. So WSU turned it over 25% of the time, 25, 25% possessions. Uh, that's the second highest. Uh, that Stanford has forced uh Valparaiso being the other one uh yep. they hadn't forced over 20 percent since that Valparaiso game on November 17th um they had just come up you know they only they can't then they come back against Washington when they lose on Saturday Washington only turns the ball over 12 percent of the time USC before that only 15 Liberty before that 13 Wyoming 10. like so it's just and and the, the turnovers were not an issue until that run, and and, and it and yep. it really wasn't. And it, it just it, these turnovers come. Guys are just forcing things. That you know we saw Noah turn the ball over a couple times. He's dribbled in the traffic as it got worse and worse, and it just it's frustrating. And then um, you know that you know you turn the ball over that puts your defense out of whack. It put it puts everything out of whack. You know it it just ruins the flow of the game. Like you, you lose control of the game on both ends, um, and it, it's frustrating because, you know, there there was obviously that stretch uh, when Stanford took the lead and, and kind of exploded for ten points real quick. It was a, like that was the difference in the game uh, outside of obviously the twenty six to one, but that was the real part when they took control of the game, right. and and that's where the defense suffered and you know, when you don't score at that point for six minutes, like the the defense is running back, you know, you're not getting, when you're scoring, you can jog back to play defense, right? Right. Like you don't have to sprint back to play defense, but if it's a missed shot, you got to sprint and, or if it's a turnover, you got to sprint even harder. And so they're getting through six minutes of defense with just no respite. Yep. And, 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 <laughs> and I know we, you and I had a little back and forth, but here's the thing: even with that that stretch, this was Stanford's uh, third worst offensive performance by points per possession yeah. of the season, yeah. behind Texas. But when they played Baylor and Texas, who were both two top ten defenses on Kempon by adjusted defense efficiency, and it. it so it is just so fra- Like, and they really haven't been that much close. That close, like they were even they were at nine. 0.97 against UW, 0.91 yeah. against WSU, and it's just it it's so frustrating that you can hold a team to 0.91 possessions to one of their worst offensive performances of the year, yeah. and you lose the fucking game by five points. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, I can't imagine how Arizona State feels about that 51 to 29 game, play. like because <laughs> I think yeah. pretty sure that's one of our worst. That might be our worst of the year, but but yeah. still, like it's it's so frustrating, and. And yeah, like it, it was just frustrating to watch because it's like uh, you want want us to get stops in critical situations, but it's like, like at the same time, it's like in that twenty six to one run, if it's twenty six to twelve, WSU wins the game. If WSU scores twelve points in thirteen minutes or whatever, you know, in twelve in fourteen minutes, they win the game. Yep, like and it's so fucking frustrating, man.
0: So our back and forth. So for the listeners, our, our back and forth on that was so my frustration after the game was, you know, I, I was mad about the offense, but I, or I was frustrated with the offense, but I was kind of mad about the defense. I was like, God, you know, they just when it goes bad, they're just they can't they're not digging in on defense and their defense just goes out the window and that should be something they can rely on. And, you know, you were like, but buddy, like the overall numbers were, were pretty good. Okay. So I, I've kind of rethought, you know, what my thinking was on this. So maybe this will make a little more sense. I, I think that, you know, in the moment of the game and in the immediate aftermath, like what I really was thinking about was that that little basically 10 o 0 spurred over two minutes yeah. where, you know, when it when it finally went all the when way. to they south, took the lead. I mean, and it went, and they- ran away all the way south right like yeah. they took the lead and they ran away and it was just like fuck man like you know like how are you going to fall apart and and i remember when they took that 10-0 when they had that little 10-0 in the midst 12, of the 26-1 yeah. to one run or 12 yeah. whatever it was you know it was like um it, it like th- it was just defensive breakdown after defensive breakdown after yep. defensive breakdown just like over like bad switches uh bad you know ball screen a lot of really uh, open looks play you know i I, i'm i'm pretty sure there was a turnover in there that resulted in a layup like it was just like there it was just like they, they just like they truly truly just fell completely apart and my thought was you know okay if the shots aren't falling the shots aren't falling but on defense man you should always be able to dig in you should always be able to rely on your defensive principles i i do think looking back I probably wasn't giving enough credit to just how long it had been since they'd scored and just how much effort they were expending on the defensive end, um, just how little Stanford actually was able to produce there for a pretty long time. Um, and, and I yeah, think Stanford just went, like-
1: Stanford went uh, about, let's see, about about five, what, four, four minutes with two points.
0: Yeah. For a stretch
1: it, it, you know, in the midst of that massive run. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I mean they went so like I said, it was it was forty-two thirty-one at just under eighteen. And it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven minutes before Stanford actually took the lead with us not scoring. Right? Like it's not like we, we sort of puked it all up right away and Stanford was playing out of their minds. Like, I mean, it was just this very slow, slow, slow burn to, to borrow a phrase. And when it finally caved in, then it was like, oh yeah, you know, it just completely fell apart. And, and like I said, I think my mind sort of globbed onto that ch- that two-minute chunk where J- they just lost any semblance of discipline, any semblance of defensive principles. Like, it just truly, truly, truly fell apart. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, overall, the defense was good. And, um, you know, I, I, I think there's something to be said for the way they fought back at the end. I mean, obviously, it was too little too late. But... Um but they did continue to fight and claw they they never really gave up even as they were missing all the shots and and I think that's the thing that you know sort of frustrates me around some of the some of the negative uh yeah, they scored
1: eleven points in the final three minutes, yeah, if only we could have done that even.
0: yeah i mean i I think that's part of what frustrates me a little bit by some of the negative stuff that I see on on twitter and and elsewhere about about the team is because i'm just like. <laughs> You know, it'd be one thing if these guys were just, you know, not very likable. I mean, we have seen teams that are not very likable. We have seen teams that don't really just appear to put in much of an effort. I mean, we have seen these things. That's not these guys. You know, if anything, they're guilty of trying too hard. And, uh, you know, so I, I guess I just feel like, you know, what, whatever you feel about, you know, your disappointment or whatever about how the season's going, um, you know, I'd say to ma- like maybe try to separate that from... Uh, the criticism of the team because it, it's really not for lack of trying it's not for they're trying um it just you know sometimes ain't working and you know i mean there are a million reasons why that could be um but you know they just are you know they're, they're just out of sync and and like i said in my monday after like they just they don't seem to have a thing that they can fall back on they don't seem to have a thing that they rely on a thing that they go to that's bread and butter um to try and steady the ship and i know that's a thing that's easier said than done but um, you know, they, that's the thing I think that they're missing is, you know, when things go sideways, you know, what do you rely on? What do you lean back on? And, and, you know, they, they are generally able to, you know, rely on their defense to kind of help them hang around. But even that has a breaking point. It sure would be nice yeah. if they had like 12, some bread and butter offensive without, plays they could run to.
1: Yeah. 12 minutes without scoring is it, it, and yeah. no defense, like any defense yeah. is going to, no defense can hold on for that yeah. long. Yeah. well the, the the frustrating thing about the absurdity of that 12 minutes without scoring the 26 to one run is that it made us kind of like forget about the absurdity of how this game started or yeah. before it started yeah where yeah. it we were sitting you know it was a two o'clock game you know we're all you know working I'm, I'm quote tweet quoting doing the quotes <laughs> Quote, air quotes um, working but you know i i sat down i yeah uh, i told amanda like amanda she could go i think she wanted to go for a run or something like go ahead you know or maybe she went into you know she went into do some work and i was like yeah go ahead you know i'm just i'm just gonna chill and watch this game for a couple hours and then get back to work and like and then it was like why aren't they playing yet? What is yeah what's going on yeah yeah and then and then it just kept going and going and yeah. then it was like what 3 15 by the time i got started
0: yeah. This was at the end of this like about halfway through sixth period for me and I kind of had it on a side screen and was teaching and kind of had one eye on it and I'm like what is what is happening? What is going on? I don't even know. And then you know I can see that there's no sound but I can see the little score bug, you know, that says, you know, game delayed for 15 minutes because of COVID concern. And I'm like, "Wait, what?" you know? That whole thing was so insane. Like apparently, you know, Stanford demanded Uh, that they all retest because they weren't comfortable with something. And then the first batch of tests did not uh, take or work out or something. Uh, So they tested them all again. And then um, apparently almost everybody came back clean, although Matt DeWolf mysteriously disappeared. So I don't know if he popped a positive or what the deal was with that. But um, I don't know. The whole thing about it that was so absurd was I I can't believe, you know, we're two years into this thing. And, uh, we still don't, uh, we st- that something like this could still happen where well, you yeah, know, the both teams, teams can are, just go, you all have to yeah. test
1: again. Like, yeah, except why can't, why wouldn't Stanford just be able to do that every game if they want? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we're not comfortable.
0: You test now. Like, I don't know. There must've been some specific concern, but you know, I, I could tell from, uh, I, I could tell you from talking to people close to the program that, uh, that the people close to the program were not pleased. That were they were not pleased. that Stanford was uh, apparently throwing a hissy fit.
1: Yeah, it's it it was that was wild. Um, I can't imagine being in the arena. Um, I know we had a couple of our yeah, guys just in the arena uh, that were just you know Bryce and Nate. They were just Nobody knew what was going there. on. Yeah, they they were trying to give us info, but they didn't, they weren't getting any info. You know the you know the ESPN guys obviously weren't even in the arena. They didn't know shit. By the way, <laughs> that was the awful. best part oh my god i got so i'm to the point now where like i know when it's on espn property we get um you know more people can watch it even more kook fans who maybe have direct fear you know or might live in yakima it's hard hard to get back to a network in yakima unless you have dish like um so i get that but like espn just phones that shit in man like it's terrible these and we come from watching rick hasner and dick who don't put a ton of like Research and effort; they basically just go by what they've seen, which whatever you know, and 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 so they don't like even look at the numbers or stats or. But one of the insane things, and I, I can't remember, I'm, I, 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 I can't remember exactly what the the play by play announcer's name was. I don't either, but he was but some T- obscure guy T- though. Tj, he kept saying that Tj Bombo was getting a spot start. Yeah. Like this is – he. he's taking – again, TJ Baum had a couple buckets say so He's really making the most of his spot start today, and I think he said it like five or six times. It's like, yeah, dude, if you would just look at the information that WSU yeah. probably sent you in a PDF. He's and been a starter guy, for half the season. He, yeah, he's been – he's started the last <laughs> seven games before this. This is his eighth start in a yeah. row. This is not a yeah. spot start. He was – if you just look at WSU's social media in the original starting lineup – Yeah before uh Roberts was taken out of it Bomba was in there and they yeah. made it they framed it like yeah. Bombos. was no Noah was the one that was put in yeah and then we saw Noah didn't start the well game and, against Cal. and they
0: said Terrell Roberts was injured even though he was sitting right there on the bench and was like the first sub
1: yeah so. they really they had no idea what was going on and they could I mean <laughs> he they, they were like oh I guess he's not injured because uh, they're, they're sitting there on look zoom at that. They're, calling the, they're calling the game on zoom and like yeah and and plus you get Corey Williams who do, who like will just Ugh. be crappy even if he was in the arena the like it's it it was the it's worst. just frustrating like it's it, it it's it's like I get why you don't want to send your people out that's fine but also the the picture quality was garbage yeah like which I think at this point had, it's
0: just an excuse
1: yeah like it's and it look if you want I I'm I'm not against commentators not being there for every sporting event in the world. Like I know that like like but also when they the 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 people covering the game themselves aren't even prepared to cover the game. Yeah. Like it's incredibly yeah. frustrating. Like when yeah. you just don't they know anything. Had. Yeah. No preparation. Like, yeah. You don't have you don't know anything about these teams. And like they kept they kept framing it like WC was going for an upset over Stanford. Yeah, it's it's the (laughs) other way around. (laughs) This is like Stanford. Like WC should have won that game. Stanford had a better record overall. Like, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, Um, yeah. So uh, that was that was the whole thing. But then you know it's basketball. They played two days later. You brought in Cal, and you know, Cal that. You know, obviously we talked about this before. For NCAA tournament hopes really would have loved a sweep this weekend. Obviously yeah. didn't get that. But for any sort of postseason hopes, and just for the good vibes of the goddamn program, they really, really needed to beat Cal. Like the like yeah. Cal is not very good. Yeah. They're better than they should be than they expected than we expected them to be, but they're not very good. You know, they yeah. had their they had their starting Okay, the weird thing, I'll point out before we get into the game, uh, you know, they had their their starting point guard, and uh, let me get his name real quick, Um, which I should know, but Joel Brown, uh, he he, uh, passed the COVID protocol that morning, and they flew him up to Pullman and then played him for a minute and a half.
0: Yeah. And then well, because in that minute and a half he was extremely shitty. <laughs> like it was like mm-hmm. I think he turned it over like I think the first time he touched the ball he almost turned it over. And well, then that's, I think the second time he touched the ball he did turn it over. That's why I'm remember. saying
1: honestly, like I think WC would have been better off if he played his normal yeah. like third like twenty eight minutes. Cause Maybe? he turns the ball yeah. over a lot. Yeah. Like he is he's a he's a playmaker, but he doesn't really shoot much outside and he turns the ball over a ton yeah and yeah. and so i i don't know like i maybe i, I don't know i'm not sure he makes cal better <laughs> so Yeah, i mean maybe defensively i mean you know i don't want to limit his defensive ability but you know it but still like cal was fine defensively for well i guess not so much but um you know I, I don't know. Like, they still had big guards that were bothering our small guards. Like, it, it like it doesn't take much to throw. If you have guys that are over 6-2 against uh, Roberts and, and Flowers, like, you see them struggle yeah. every time. And it was looking like that early against Cal. Um, but, of course, uh, you know, this turned out to be a pretty encouraging game. And... You know, it, it was, you know, they, they trailed at halftime. So maybe that's just like the secret sauce. Like, yeah, maybe that's it. Don't start out well. And then, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, but then of course, WC took the lead immediately on like the first possession of, uh, and then, uh, it was back and forth for quite a bit. And they built that, that lead. What did it get to, uh, 5649 with about yeah. five minutes left. And yeah. you're like, uh, well, they're not gonna get to the 19 point lead, which has been the secret, you know, the like the number that they needed every game. So are they going to hang on? And then Cal immediately scores five points in a row on the next two possessions, and suddenly it's fifty-six fifty-four, and you're like, Oh shit. And then we gave, you know, we didn't score, and then Cal has a ball, chance to tie. Thankfully they didn't score. And then WSU uh, held off the rest. Of, you know, I think flowers hit a big three um, after that. And then it was, yeah. It so was the over. big
0: three made it 59 54. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then they extended it. got a couple stops, got a couple buckets. All of a sudden it was 62 54 with under two minutes to
1: go. And you're like, okay, all right, we can breathe. They're, they're going <laughs> to do it. They're going to beat yeah. and honestly, this yeah. is like Cal is, you know, Cal's, Cal's shitty in the realm of a Pac-12 team, but yes. in the realm of, uh, in the realm of some of the teams that we, that WCU has lost yes, to, yes. you know, they're around, uh, New Mexico state, South Dakota state, like those kind of quality of programs. And, right. and so you're thinking like they can definitely blow this. They've blown it against teams of this quality. Like it's, it's, yep. you know, it's crazy, but they held on in an extremely ugly, like, 50... So, 65 points doesn't look like much. But they only got 58 possessions to get there. So Yeah. So, actually, you know, Cal
0: like... just... Mark Fox made a choice this year to make that team as ugly as humanly possible. And uh, it's, you know, it's... I guess it's kind of working for them. Um, I mean, we'll see.
1: We'll see what their uh, Pac-12 record ends up being. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... It, this that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, there's there's like an element of can, is it artificially, can...
0: cl- yeah, is it artificially close because they're just yeah. you know, artificially depressing possessions. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's it's ugly as shit. Um, they frustrate you. They 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 don't really come at you in any sort of varied way. They just. You know, they just run a lot of clock and try to get you to mess up by being yeah. impatient and De- sometimes WC it works was and...
1: super efficient on offense like they didn't even shoot that well. This was a classic shot volume win. Yeah. They 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 control they were they were the better on the glass on both ends and they were uh they only turned the ball over 10% six times. So yep. that that ends up, they had 34 shot. You know, uh, I'm sorry, 56 shots against, uh, 53 for Cal, and then they had 21 free throws, which was 14 for Cal. So when yep. you have that sort of shot volume, yep, things are good, even when you're not shooting that well. Because what they, yep. you know, uh, so what are they about? They were 20 and 56. So the effective field percentage wasn't that good. Uh, you know, no, that's not right. Thirty-five percent is not right. I don't know, but yeah, it wasn't. You know, I'm sorry, twenty-two of fifty-six. So yeah, so they're at thirty-nine percent effective field goal percentage. Not good. Yeah, but they that's, scored that's one point one two points per possession.
0: Yep, because of free throws and offensive rebounds.
1: And we talked so. about this last season a lot. It's the an anti-Ernie game. Yeah. Like this is definitely
0: any, a game that an Ernie team would have lost for sure. Yeah. Because right? you miss cause, cause you didn't shoot well. And that's the end of it.
1: Of course you could say the Stanford game was a team that Ernie might've won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> you might be right. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. So it's and honestly like you have to say it. These two this weekend, this team has, had some shitty luck, you know, COVID is one thing. Deshaun Jackson is not playing because he got poked in the fucking eye and he's out for a month. Yep. DJ Rodman, I'm pretty sure it's COVID protocol. Uh you know, you didn't have Rodman, you didn't have Jackson for this, and you didn't I mean it's it's a big deal when both Abigidi and Gay are in foul trouble. Right, and they're you the don't only have fucking DeWolf guys. DeWolf only, 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 <laughs> only, Gay and Abigidi and Kelly are in foul trouble because only Bigs foul. Um, but, but then, yeah, you yes. don't have Matt DeWolf. Like they, Yakamovsky played the five for non-insignificant minutes in this game. Like he definitely did yeah. for the last three minutes of this first half. Like they, like this is like. Uh, you know, this is, you, you have two of your bigs out one because of COVID protocol and one because of, uh, a freak injury and to, I mean, this is a big deal to gut out this win. Yep. Yeah, it is. It
0: is. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much I buy that. It's, you know, some sort of major turning point. I think I'm going to need to see. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to need to see a few more of these before I think that they've, you know, totally figured something yeah. out, but it's definitely it just be a the feather in their cap. Yeah. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some of that, you know, but at the same time, I mean, you know, you got to do it at some point. And yep. as you mentioned, you know, Cal's, you know, certainly in the ballpark of teams we've lost to. So there's no reason to, to think that, you know, somehow Cal was, you know, a foregone conclusion from the start. And um, they did what they had to do to win the game, which I think is encouraging and great and gives them, uh, you know, all sorts of good feelings heading into a weekend, heading to Eugene to play against Oh, wait, no. oops, Nope, not doing that
1: now. Yep. So, uh, WSU COVID protocol, not, you know, that Oregon game is canceled who I think most of the people who listen to this podcast would already know this by the time they listen. So I was, it sucks. I'm sure that the team was, I was looking forward to that obviously Oregon had has gotten a couple of, you know they they swept the LAs in LA and so they they had some cred now they they it became a quadrant 1 win they were in the top 75 uh and i felt like you know like these team Kyle Smith teams have played pretty well against Dana Altman's teams and i thought maybe you know maybe they could pull it together Uh, but nope, like it's not happening. And, and and I have a, I have a hard time believing they're going to play that game on Saturday too.
0: Yep. I, I don't know, man. Like, like, I sit there and I think back, we we just got done, you know, sort of talking about how ridiculous the Stanford thing was, but maybe that's the genesis of all this. I don't know. Uh, the timeline would seem to work out. You know, it was four or five days ago. And, uh, yeah, that's usually about how long it takes to show up.
1: So, well, yeah, I, man, I don't... If, see if some Stanford dudes.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'm just like... It's funny. Not not funny like, haha, but, you know, just... <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, all you can do is, is laugh, I guess. But, you know, just kind of thinking about, you know, a year ago when we were like, okay, we just, we just got to make it through this season. This is going to be weird. People are going to have people out, Um, you know, talking to people close to the program. They were like, oh yeah, man, we just, you know, just got to survive. Just got to somehow keep our guys healthy. And, um, you know, and, you know, just, this is going to be a season where it's just kind of like whoever has their guys available. Okay, great. You know, you make it through that season. You're feeling like, all right, well, here, we, We're all vaccinated. We got a vaccine. We're good. Everything's happy. Uh, things are great. And then, and here we are. Like th- that's what's crazy to me is like here we are. And and to be honest, this is this is almost worse than last year. I mean, it's worse than last year for WSU at this point. Yeah. We definitely didn't have you know two separate uh, postponements no. because of stuff going on inside our program. I mean, last year it was pretty much you know, every program kind of had their one, their one break, right? Like almost every program had it hit their team once and then everybody was fine and they finished the season, man, this year it's like, we are dealing with stuff kind of popping here, popping there. Um, You're dealing with players who it seems like have COVID the second time around now at this point, Um, man, it is, it's honestly, it's a little discouraging.
1: Well, yeah, we've seen this. The Omicron variant has been insanely contagious. It uh, like seems it's to be. It's about the most like commu- a common cold. Yeah, it's <laughs> the most communicable one of it seems of any of the COVID variants that have come so far, and and uh, yeah, the only hope is that it seems like we're probably on the downslope of that. So, if attendance maybe, in my
0: classes is any indication, the answer is yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> If, so if that well, seems proxy. like it seems like everyone has had it at this point, like I, you know, we, my, my daughter got it from preschool, you know, she, you know, she brought it home, gave it to my, uh, my fiance and my other daughter, but they've all had, you know, generally mild symptoms, you know, I was most worried about the little kids, obviously, they're not vaccinated, but they had generally mild symptoms. Um, and that's kind of associated with this variant, but it's, you know, we went through the whole pandemic where, you know, she was going to preschool uh, quite a bit, Yep. you know, all, um, all of 2021. Yeah. They had like, we had a couple COVID pauses for a couple of weeks, but she didn't catch it then. But this one, right. she, you know, she was exposed very briefly and came home you know with it so like this is insanely uh, and you know we've talked about this the most people i've ever known at one point that have been you know impacted by it so it's like yes um but so it's been pretty crazy uh lately so hopefully you know looking on the east coast it seems like they're on the downslope it seems that Pierce County where I live is peaked and is going down. So hopefully, you know, in terms of basketball, we'll also be on the back end. Cause I know all these guys, I mean, if they're playing this semester, they have to be vaccinated because they would not be able to go, or they would have some sort of uh waiver, I guess. Uh, but it's probably more likely that they're vaccinated. Uh, if, cause you couldn't come to second semester at WSU, if, if you didn't have a waiver, you weren't vaccinated. Yep. So yeah, um it, it you know Just it's bad luck man yeah it's bad luck bad yeah. luck <laughs> exactly
0: i mean it's every look i mean there was a significant amount of time where i literally did not know anybody who had gotten COVID, even throughout the pandemic like like the heart of the pandemic right like we're talking like a year ago where it's like I just like, I didn't really know anybody. Like I hadn't had it. You hadn't had it. Our families hadn't had it. My friends hadn't had it. Like there were tons of people that had not had it. And I think, you know, so much of that was, um, you know, a lot of my friends were able to work from home and so they, you know, weren't exposed to it nearly as much. And, you know, and they were probably a little more careful than some other people, but now it's like, man, it just doesn't seem to fucking matter. (laughs) Like It's like, you're going to come in contact with it somewhere. You might catch it. Um, of course, being vaccinated is good. Keeps you from getting super sick, right? Keeps you from dying. Those are well, good things. Yeah, and
1: that's that's the other side of this. You know, we talk about, you know, uh, Amanda had mild, uh, mild um, you know, mild symptoms. You know, she she didn't have to you know, go to the hospital or anything. And I honestly didn't realize, she didn't even realize she had it. She just felt like sick and she didn't test positive and then she did test positive and it, whatever it was confusing but you know i haven't tested positive yet and i live with three people that are positive so um uh that's some sort of a thing i'm will yeah. chalk that well, up to being boosted I'm, I'm yeah i'm t- that's that Pfizer Moderna combo but also you know more somberly like the hospitals are overwhelmed with this right now yeah like I guess they and are. so the people that aren't vaccinated are getting sick. So I'm not trying to diminish it at all by saying, you know, we're, we've been fine. We didn't, we haven't gotten things, but, um, you know, I, obviously Amanda has lots of, you know, friends down in, uh, uh, you know, still work at the, you know, uh, the hospital she used to work at down Olympia that are, you know, they're canceling, you know, they're canceling all surgeries that, you know, they're, uh, you know, elective surgeries and, and then they're, you know, cause they're using some of the, o- they have to prepare to use the OR rooms for extra ER space. Uh, you know, they have a, a higher census of COVID patients than they've ever had. Um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, good Sam and Puyallup um, brought in a portable morgue. So this is, this shit is still happening. Um, but thankfully, you know, it seems that uh, if you are vaccinated, You you, you're avoid and not saying you know it still happens like people that do get vaccinated do have um, issues but it's just a much lower probability and yeah. so I'm, I'm 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 glad that these kids most likely are vaccinated and probably also have had it a couple times now so because yeah. you know you live in pullman so yeah um it's like a petri dish uh but so hopefully they're able to get through i mean um, it's a little concerning dj has been out quite a long time um, yeah so i hope he's okay we know i hope he's doing all right you know you've seen from friends and stuff that this can be you know really you know it can it can impact the way you function for quite a long time. Cause it's, you know, yeah. impacts your lungs. And then, so if you're a, yep. if you're an athlete shit, that's, that's rough. Yep.
0: Yeah. I hope everybody makes it out unscathed. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what else you can really do at this point, except just hope for that. I mean, Oregon state maybe is on the table. I guess it just kind of depends on, you know, what, why they are short guys. Um, you know, if people are actually sick or if they're asymptomatic and they were close contacts and so they are, you know, asking for some time. I mean, it's we don't know because there's no transparency whatsoever, right? From the teams and the programs as to exactly what is happening and how it's happening and how people are actually like, they just, they use the catch all and we, you know, we've talked about this off air and, uh, you know, Brian Anderson, our, our, our friend and, and co author at Cook center, um, loves to express his disdain for the phrase COVID protocols. Cause he's like, nobody ever says what the protocols actually are. Right. It's like, yeah. you know, is this, is this person tested positive? Have they just been a close contact? Are they sure it'd be nice if there was some transparency, but if there's, you know, anything we know about, you know, college athletics, there's well, and, and, uh, as little transparency as humanly possible. So. And,
1: and part of what. Brian and I like we agreed on it's like the frustrating part is like well this is a populate athletes in general are a population that are getting tested more than anyone yeah yeah and and it would be nice if we could get some there's enough of them that we could get some legitimate data out of this yep and I hope that they do because it I don't know if y'all like, I mean, obviously y'all trying to get tests right now, it's a pain in the ass. Every time there is a spike, it is a pain in the ass to find a PCR test, a antigen test, like it just, it's a pain in the ass, but every sports team is testing their guys every fucking day, or maybe not every day anymore, but they were able to go do two rounds of tests for 15 different people two times in a row yeah two times no <laughs> problem they, really, they had 30 tests no problem it's so, like that's what Great. it's like okay fine probably like, more than that actually because it was big. probably the whole staff too I so get probably not more wanting like to say 20 like, tests I get not wanting to say like x player got it and you know obviously you can figure out but like when the guys are out longer or whatever you know whatever uh but but still like I hope they're contributing some data for the rest of us. So we can, you know, like understand, uh, a little bit more about this disease because they're the ones that are being tested all the time. They're kind of like a great experimental group like to, to check out, you know, like it's, it's wild, but, um, so think... hopefully there's more coming out of it. That'd be great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. <sighs> well, hopefully they can play against the Beavers. Uh, that's and a beat team the shit out of them, if please. they play. They should beat
1: easily. Yeah, I, mean, I don't.
0: I don't know if it's good or bad that we're not playing. You know that we're not playing Oregon on Thursday. I mean, we'll probably
1: uh, play Oregon eventually. Like that. Yeah, I
0: think so. I'm just saying more like, I you know, would I rather play them later? Would I rather play them now? Honestly, I don't know. I think I'd rather play pepper. him now coming off having beaten USC yeah. and UCLA and riding high. Well, I thought I think, about, I think that would, I thought about that was Stanford
1: like after Stanford had beaten uh, USC as well. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, which it did look like we were. Capitalizing yeah. I mean, on that. I was
0: going to say, let, let's be real. Like, I, I don't think Stanford won that game quite as much as we, you know, lost it. So yeah, I, but yeah, Oregon know, state, I, I think um, everything
1: being equal, we would have, won that game with Stanford I, having that hangover. I don't want to do too intensive of uh, of a preview of no. Oregon State because I don't no. feel like they're going to play. But I will say Jared Lucas has been taking a lot more shots than he did early in the season, and it's been pretty good for them. Like he's actually being more assertive. It's better that, War- that Warith Alatiche. They were just having him be like a playmaker or something. Like he was taking he he's dialed it back, so they're a little more balanced than they were. But Kalu is not very efficient. Uh, They brought in Deshaun Davis. Like he's definitely improved a bit, but they're still like uh, Oregon State has struggled like a lot this season. Um, Probably their best performance is a two point loss to Oregon. They did beat Utah by twelve, which is what makes you a little bit stressed out about heading into Corvallis you know uh they're shitty but they're not so they still have some talent and some size to where we can't just bully them around um yeah so it's you know it uh it,
0: well and there's some part of you that's like that tournament team is still in there somewhere right <laughs> like
1: I I think I mean there's you know they got know. Like, they got Lucas it's Kalu Andela. and Silva, all those guys were big on that team, man. I uh, mean Ethan Thompson wasn't that good. I mean he's good, but
0: like it wasn't like,
1: you know. I guess on Dell. Like they lost
0: Clay clear. Thompson or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a game we should win if we get to play. It's a game, yeah. Uh feel free to be really pissed off if they play that game and lose. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean but but with that with all that said Kempbaum uh, has Oregon State has one forty, and WSU has fifty three, and but when you factor in that Oregon State is hosting, he only has WSU as a sixty five percent probability of winning, um, with a five point average margin of victory. So that is yep. so if they get a W, it's good. Like that's, that's what I was yeah. saying. Like just get a fucking like Any I remember the, win is good. The, the the good the good Tony Bennett teams going to Oregon state and winning absolutely ugly. Just any win on the road is a good win. Uh, so please just go do that. Uh, yeah, I I was hoping to catch Oregon, but also, you know, maybe like if, if WSU was to play that game, probably would have been pretty shorthanded. Probably would rather play Oregon with DJ Robin and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, that that's probably, you know, if, if you, if you're talking about the, the, personnel, like probably would rather have those guys available um versus not. Uh so I, I don't know. Uh it's it's hard to say. Trying to get him on the letdown would have been nice too. Uh, yeah. And you know, I don't think uh well so I think Kyle Smith hasn't lost Oregon yet. I we've only played him twice, but hasn't lost to him yet. So uh that's good. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess you know we talked about. Is there oh Muhammad Gay won freshman of the week and well deserved? A good week. I, I felt like it I felt like it was a pretty encouraging week for him. A um, little more assertive on the offense, maybe a little too assertive at times. Uh, taking that three uh, like, against Stanford when they were uh, when it looked like WC was in control. He got an offensive rebound and just turned and hoisted a three, which, okay, fine, man. But we've talked about his – well, you and I have talked about it, but he's got a pretty inconsistent stroke. Um, His release is very inconsistent. If he can just – because the stroke itself looks fine. It's just he is not – like he doesn't let it come off his fingers as much as he should. Right. So
0: it's just not consistent like that's and, and that's not a shocker. I mean, he's still he's a guy who's still fairly new to the game. Um, I think more than anything, I'm impressed that the shot even looks as natural as it does. Yeah. To be honest, like not to pick on F.A. We, we talk about F.A. from time to time. But, you know, F.A.'s jump shot does not look very natural. Um, It might go in from time to time. And that's good. And, I'm you know, I'm excited about that and whatever. Like, but, you know, you can sort of see. Um, it's just not a real natural stroke, right? Um, you know, Gay's stroke looks like the sort of thing that's, you know, hey, that's that's kind of the that's kind of a nice little building block. He's got nice, you know, he's got nice mechanics, and um, well, you know, the wrist kind of makes a natural motion. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I think so. He looks it looks best when he's doing those turnarounds and stuff. And honestly, sometimes when your shot is is being inconsistent, when you're doing some sort of like turnaround or, or contested shot, it kind of forces you into like proper mechanics. Um it, you know, if if you're typically not going to you know, not going to do it. So I but yeah, it's wild with that, you know, with the with everything, like his form and everything, you just don't expect forty nine percent free throw shooter out of it, but yeah. he is what he is at this point. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> Yeah, I, it will. It, and that that speaks to, you know, F.A. says when he was hurt, he did nothing but shoot free throws. And so he was able to make that stroke consistent So because he just worked on it all the time. Rarely does yeah. any player have that much time to spend on free throws. Right. And and honestly, like Gabe probably shouldn't be spending that much time. on Like I, he should probably, you know, spend a little bit of time on him because he is a guy that you know, his free throw rate is a little lower and that's probably because he avoids it. Uh given his offensive rebounding prowess, he should be a guy that's like fifty plus yes. free throw rate. Yeah. Just um, just
0: on but, putbacks alone.
1: Yeah. And so he but he I think I think that's why you see sometimes he doesn't go for a dunk when he maybe should, because he's probably thinks, well, if I get fouled, I won't make the dunk. And then I'll go to the line where I'm a 49% free throw shooter. So it's, you know, I, I think maybe that you definitely see players that get impacted by their free throw shooting ability and it, and it impacts the way they approach, you know, attacking the glad, the attacking the rim. So, um, you know, hopefully he can get better on that because honestly, when you, when you look at a guy that's a freshman at WSU, a freshman, big you know, outside of FA last year, like there has not been many guys a, this impactful as a freshman big at WSU. And really if he shot sixty yeah. percent on free throws, he'd have a hundred plus offensive rating and uh you know, maybe be even more positive. But I mean he's shooting fifty-four percent on twos, which given how skinny he is, is pretty impressive. And um I, I think he's getting more assertive and, and and I think that's good for WSU. Because you just, you need that, as you know, if he's going to play that position, he needs to be an assertive offensive player. Because uh, like we've talked about, we talked about last week, you know, Noah's probably taking too many shots and, and you know, maybe Tyrell's taking too many shots sometimes too. Uh, so, you know, it's good to have a guy that can maybe get some assertiveness. They've obviously, you know, him and Flowers particularly have found something in that pick and roll. Yep, And that's been pretty fun to watch for about three games in a row now.
0: Yep. And when that works, it, it really opens up kind of a whole host of, of other options, right? Because if teams have to help down on that role, then, you know, that that leaves somebody else open, right? And and we know that this team... Um, well, know, and Andre sort of Yakimoski
1: has benefited. He benefited yeah, from that quite a bit against right? Gal.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say was, you know, they've had some issues with consistently shooting the three, but, you know, some guys have, you know, punished teams, and Andre Akamovsky obviously was the big one against against Cal. He didn't have a great game against Stanford, but um, nobody did. He had a huge game against Cal. Uh, hitting yeah, the only four Gay had a good game against three.
1: Stanford. No one else did. Yeah,
0: I think Flowers had an okay game, too, and that yeah, that was did. kind of it. I think uh, I think Kyle Smith even said after the game, like, two guys played okay. <laughs> everybody else stunk um so yeah i mean it's you know you, you get that pick and roll work and you you cause teams to have to um you know come down and help they they've got to help from somewhere and you know once you start helping then all of a sudden you know you, you start getting some open threes some kickout threes and um and th- those are kind of the most effective deadly threes and um you know all of a sudden you can start to see how the offense you, you know kind of uh begins to you know, begins to flow together. I mean, you know, for all of the, you know, talk we had against Stanford of the collapse, I think that overlooks that the offense was really fluid and really good in the first half. Like, um, you know, I, I you know they didn't score a, a ton of points. It's not like they were on pace to, to score, you know, 85 points or something, but, um, you know, but it was really fluid. They, they even missed some, you know, some wide open looks, um, but generate, you know, it tend to I tend to focus more on process than anything else. Right. And, um, you know, when you look at it, they, they were generating really good looks, even if, you know, they weren't all going in. So, um, you know, I think this team, I keep talking myself into ways that, you know, they're they're about ready to go on a run, man. They're about ready to go on a run. Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is who they are and they're just going to do this all year. Um, but, but it just seems like they are just so close, really just so close to figuring it out. And if they can, you know, just figure out a way to win, you know, to, to hold on when things start going south a little bit, you know, something to hang their hat on, yep. um, you know, maybe, maybe they can, you know, really string together a whole bunch of wins here. Um, you know, it's, it's a really, as we've mentioned, it's a tough uphill battle to win, you know, to, to get in at large berth to the NCAA tournament. Uh, maybe that was, you know, too high of a target all along. I, I don't know. I mean, that's maybe a conversation for another day, but um, you know, just, you know, wondering if maybe our expectations were too high. I mean, I tend to think expectations are good and not bad. So, you know, I'm not going to, I think, apologize for that. But at the same time, it's, you know, maybe, maybe we were expecting a little bit too much. And, and, and I also think that, you know, maybe there's some context to all this as well. Like, you know, when I say things like, okay, well, they don't, they don't really seem like they have anything they can hang their hat on. They don't really seem like they, you know, when things start going south, they're able to really buckle down and execute Well, you know, that's kind of tough to do when the first team almost never gets to practice together consistently, which is what we've been dealing with, you know, all year long. Um, you know, we know that FA is, you know, missing about every other practice to maintain, um, the knee soreness that he's got going on. Uh, we know that guys have been in and out for, injuries. you know, obviously Deshaun Jackson's been in and out, you know, he had the hurt hand and then, you know, the nice, you know, been poked in the eye or whatever. Um, you know, we just know that guys have been in and out. We know we've, we, we had COVID at one point. Um, There was a point there, you know, they, they talked on the broadcast making a big point about how, you know, Noah Williams played against Utah and had only practiced whatever it was once or twice in the last, you know, two weeks. I mean, I, I just think that kind of stuff is, is everywhere with this team. And, you know, I, I think there's just a, um, there's just a chance that maybe this is just, you know, one of those years where it's just, the luck is real shitty and that does happen. You know, it happens. And I think there's, there's a pretty okay chance that, you know, maybe that's what's going on here because, you know, everything they would need to, to be able to feel like things are going right, um, is just not happening, you know, and they're, they're not able to practice fully. They're not able to, you know, do the things they need to do to really get on the same page. You know, they're still really young, you know, they're certainly not the youngest team out there, uh, but they're still really young and, and they're integrating, you know, two new guards and those guards not being able to, you know, practice with the bigs all the time is just, you know, I, I mean, I just, I don't know, man, I don't know how you feel about that, but it just, it seems like circumstances just kind of are, you know, suboptimal kind of everywhere with these guys.
1: And, and I think there's context in like the defense is basically as good as it was last year. Yeah. And the offense is a lot better than it was last yeah. year. This team, it, this
0: team is better. This team is definitely better. Like it's better than, than it was last that. year.
1: They lost their, they lost their top player and they're better again. Like for every single year under Kyle Smith, like they've lost their top player and then they, get better so it's it's it we had our expectations honestly every team except arizona in the conference is performing below expectations right now maybe us i mean even usc now like you know but the the like every every it's happening everywhere and that's why there may be only you know, Pac-12 may have only, like, three teams in the tournament, you know? It's like, like, yep. like every team, you know, this was supposed to be, like, a golden year. And every team except Arizona is worse than they thought they were going to be. <laughs> so, yep. you know, like, it's... So, we're not alone. It's frustrating because we were so excited about uh, the season and the potential and both of us were very confident that they were going to make a tournament run and they still can, but yeah, it's going to be tough. They need to run off a lot of wins and there aren't like we've talked about, especially you take Oregon off the table. I mean, they're probably going to get back on there, but still, um, that was a win that was going to be, you know, good for the resume or whatever, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it sucks like it, it, but at the same time, you know, next year, you know, they'll they'll probably, you know, obviously transfers can happen, but when we're talking about from the starters, the the, the most common starters uh, of the top, you know, you're talking to the top, maybe if you talk about the top seven or eight, you know, seven or eight, top eight guys, seven or eight guys in minutes, like they're going to lose flowers and that's it. Yeah.
0: So, in theory, that's it.
1: I mean, like if you know, obviously guys can transfer, but you would think of the guys that are getting forty to sixty percent of the minutes aren't going to transfer. But you know, it's you know that who knows what happens there. But it theoretically they could have seven of the top eight rotation guys back next year, and I mean, most teams that do that get better. Uh, So I. It, I don't think it's time to be like panic about the program. The program is in a way better place. We're just yeah. had lost a lot of really frustrating fucking games this year. And, and if, you know, if they played the ske- you know, if they played the non-conference schedule that they've traditionally played recently, they would be probably, yeah. uh, let's see. They would look like Stanford. They, they'd be 13 and four like. right now. Yeah. They'd be 13 and four probably if you take out, so you got Boise State, New Mexico State, South Dakota State. Pr- Replace them with a bunch of SWAC, and Big Sky teams. Yeah, probably probably thirteen and four right now. Um, so I mean, that let's say of...
0: they beat let's say they beat South Dakota State and New Mexico State by one each, right? Yeah, and so, so now all of a sudden so you are twelve and five instead of ten and seven. In Ken Palm, you're probably still like. 50ish, right? Yeah. Like we're 53 right now. We're probably still 50ish. But all of a sudden it's oh, well they're they're, you know, 12 and 5 and you know, they're they're right there for making a tournament and you know, you can see the path to, you know, 20 wins and it's it you know, it's it's just a funny it's a funny thing, right? Like the the team's quality um is, you know, people's perception of the team's quality is really 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 impact by impacted by these close losses even if maybe you know as you wrote about when you wrote about luck you know they're they're not as um indicative of actual ability as you know maybe a lot of fans want to think
1: yeah and you know you you called out that uh 0506 uh dick mannett team uh the year before tony took over lost yeah. a ton of close games and boy that team uh, was fun yeah yeah <laughs> That team wasn't as good as this. The team, difference
0: with that honestly. team and this team is we we looked at that team we didn't we didn't expect anything out of those guys. Yeah, it's uh, I think I think and then we because we also I didn't think, think they it, would do anything the next year either.
1: <laughs> what it was is because they were crazy good defensively, but terrible offensively, and so you look at the player like if if a if a player is terrible offensively, you just you kind of write them off, like I did Joel Brown earlier with Cal. And so it 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 kind of paints that but then you know that a lot of the guys took a step forward with that um offense truthfully took a bit step back on defense like if you look at the numbers <laughs> uh like yeah. that it's it's crazy how good that 05 I think they were number 2 in the nation and adjusted defensive efficiency uh I mean I could click I think click they were number right now. 8 uh, maybe they were number two on, before Ken adjusted. Here. Yeah, they were number eight. They were number two before Ken adjusted his system. But yeah, you're talking about a top ten defense, and it's yes. 255th in offense adjusted offensive efficiency. So yes, um, but yes. then they, you know, they we're lost. Good. You know, I was I was a student during that time. I remember those losses very vividly. I watched many of them in Beasley Coliseum. It was miserable. And then you know they came back, and for my senior season, I had a beautiful year. But um, yeah. So maybe maybe this is just and again that was that was the Bennett's fourth year. Next year is Kyle Smith's fourth year. So I don't. Yep. I you know I'd maybe we that. just maybe we just expected too much too soon. Uh, but also they have a bunch of games left. We'll see what happens. Yes. Uh, I'm not <laughs> giving up on it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Jeff, we talked about maybe we could, you know, we'll probably talk for the basketball team, the men's basketball team for an hour, and we beat that. Uh, so we desperately need to take a break. And then <laughs> no, we'll we come don't. back. No, we
0: don't. We don't. Forget the break. Forget the break. Fuck the commercial. We're fine. No, we'll take a break <laughs> keep for, going.
1: for SB Nation's purposes, and then we'll come back and we'll <sighs> talk about, okay, we'll talk about the women's hoops team. We'll talk about some exciting soccer things. And, yeah, maybe we'll talk about beer. All right. back all right so jeff what are you drinking
0: well uh last week i had an e9 beer and let's have another e9 beer this is the uh strange world barrel aged farmhouse ale uh you know the notes on it say uh as okay so this this is this what's funny i love reading the notes right because i'm like okay you know like because sometimes i have a hard time putting you know, like words to what I'm tasting. Like, I'm not so great at like sort of describing exactly what I'm tasting. So sometimes I like looking at the notes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. That, that's, that jives with what I'm, what I'm tasting here. Here are the notes for Strange World barrel aged farmhouse ale. Notes, barrel aged farmhouse ale blend. Thanks, E9.
1: So I'll help you out, <laughs> Jeff. On there, batch Insta- number one, though. On I know their that. Instagram. I'm, so I haven't, so this crazy! i saw you tweet this and usually if you're drinking a beer i know exactly what it is even if i haven't had yes. it i know about it but this is a very new one they they released this one like 2 weeks ago yeah it's so new it's not and even, even tapped right now yeah it's not on tap you get to make it dude so Ooh. go so if if you want some help you know in the context go to their instagram uh, instagram post on january 7th that's where i found it uh, so, if you want the notes, Jeff, mixed culture farmhouse ale blend that's aged for two years in a barrel. Uh, yeah. Amazing stone fruit aromatics with an almost goose-like character. Yeah, uh, definitely I ha- taste that. Yeah. Do you have you had many gooses? I've probably shared some with you. With you, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We've had we've had a fair number when I've been over.
1: You know, some some Obviously, I had my uh, Dri uh, this week, uh, every, you know, on the anniversary of Tyler Linsky's death. Yep. Uh, but, yep. uh, but, uh, yeah, so th- this sounds amazing. So I, uh, you tell me what you think of it. <laughs> it is absolutely delicious. I have
0: not had, um, you know, so we were talking last week about how, you know, I've, I've kind of gotten away from, uh, you know, drinking these beers, uh, these styles of beers, you know, the, the wild ales and the farmhouse ales and, too much. And so, of course, you know, being out at E9, I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to get a few of these. And uh, yeah, this one, again, you know, another, another, you know, style I haven't had in a long time and um, incredibly delicious. Uh, I've just been kind of sitting here, sipping on it here for the last hour. And, um, you know, as time's gone on, it's warmed up a little bit, you get a little bit. So, you know, at first it's got, you know, kind of that very, you know, carbonated, uh, very bright, you know, flavor to it. You know, and as uh, as it's warmed up a little bit, you know, it's gotten a little more complex. You can taste the taste the fruit a little bit more, and um, yeah, it's 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 wonderful. I love it. You should get one
1: or two. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to. Uh, I love uh, E nine. I got it the tap room, by the way. So. Uh, obviously, talked about. You know, we've talked about E nine quite a bit on this podcast. How much I like them, whatever. But they, so they, they. are I've talked about how their their wild out program is amazing. But one thing that's seriously under radar with them is these unfruited uh, beers yep. that they do where they age them in barrels for a crazy long amount of time. Very, um, And they do often get these kind of goozy characteristics out of them, which is, you know, it's, it's really, to describe it's like really funky, uh, horse blanket is a word that people describe, like, you know, when they talk about a goose, um, kind of like lemon, they get a bit of lemon in there. Uh, like lemon zest, I think would be more appropriate to say. Uh, you yep. know, and, and so uh, you get those kind of characters. Yeah, stone fruit a little bit. Sometimes you can get even with a fruit with no or a beer with no uh, peaches or or apricots or whatever in it can kind of have that vibe to it just because of the the funk from the the yeast. And that's why I love like their their yeast strains. Just, just they cultivate these amazing flavors. So I'm definitely gonna have to go seek that yeah. out. So. Uh, yeah. Way it's, go, it's
0: excellent. I will probably pick up another bottle at some point. Um, yeah. Very impressed. I love it. Very glad
1: I bought it. Very good. What about you? So I am, uh, if you may remember, uh, in 2020, uh, when uh, weathered souls brewing in Texas, uh, San Antonio, um, their uh, that one of their co-owners and and head brewer Marcus started um, uh, Marcus Baskerville started a uh, a pro a, a, a program called Black Is Beautiful, where and then a lot of oh, so yeah. over a thousand over a thousand breweries, um, so that these were um, uh, you know, basically a beer brewed, you know, a, he gave them a label and then gave a base uh, a stout uh, based stout to brew, but you know, a lot of breweries brew their own things. I think I've drank a couple of them here. Uh, but the thing is like, obviously uh, breweries release them right away. Not a lot of them were like barrel aged or anything for an, any extended period of time. Cause you couldn't like, you you know, obviously you wanted to release it when everyone else is releasing it. Um, so what I'm drinking now, and, and so this beer is brewed meant to kind of donate to, uh, charities, you know, a portion donated to, Uh, you know, justice, uh, you know, social justice charities or, uh, you know, equality, you know, equality for people of color, things like that. Um, So Future Primitive, who uh, the one beer that I've had the most from them is uh, their Pilsner, which a few years ago they decided to call Nazi punks fuck off. And it literally says that on (laughs) sometimes you'll get a label that says NPFO. But if you're lucky, you get the big label with the big white words that say Nazi... Punks, fuck off, uh, which is uh, which is a tasty beer. But so this one, so they took they they brewed their their base black is beautiful stout and released it uh, back you know back then whenever it was I don't remember like uh, the spring of 2020 around. Uh, but then they took half of it and they laid it down in some Willet whiskey barrels. And so on the can it says age 12 months. There's an Instagram post that says age 18 months in the barrels. There's an Instagram post aged that says age 16. Um, I would believe like the 16 or 18, given the time frame when they released it, which was uh, in December last month. <clears throat> so this is just straight up stout, um, aged in whiskey barrels, a 10% stout, aged in Willet whiskey barrels for uh, 12 months, um, I think, or, or 12 to 18 months, somewhere in between there. Um, I love it. Like, I've really come to appreciate, again, the, you know, I went to where, I like, I like the, the barrel-aged stouts with the adjuncts. So you throw coffee in there, you throw vanilla in there, whatever. But now I'm coming back to just to really appreciating the the stouts that are just stout and barrel. And this one has so much barrel because, you know, because it's only 10%, it's only like 14%. The barrel kind of dominates more and you just get so much of the whiskey barrel in there. Um, it's so tasty and it's not like overwhelming to drink because it's, it's not super, super thick. It's definitely thick enough to handle that barrel, but it is, is so tasty. Um, if you see it around, uh, highly recommend it future primitive black is beautiful. It says barrel aged out 2020 on the, on the can. Actually, they released it last month. They probably just, uh, probably just, you know, made that label and then decided to leave it in the barrel for longer so they didn't release it so um it really tasty beer um good job future primitive um i was happy to go back have a have a new black is beautiful beer uh, i haven't seen a new one in a while so um that that was pretty cool so uh good job i recommend checking it out loving that loving the stouts right now I'm, I'm going back i'm like reversing in time On my like beer nerdery at all times, I'm like uh, less (laughs) less less weird shit. Just give me the give me the the, yeah give me the give me the classics again. Uh, But yeah, it's uh, good stuff. But yeah, hey, let's uh, let's talk about the women's hoops team who went down to L.A. and got a split, which is on his face a good thing. Uh, You know that win against USC was. Incredibly impressive because they scored three points in the first quarter, <laughs> three points. They didn't score until about two minutes left in the first quarter. Illumatuga hit a three, um, her first of four threes that game, and seven threes on the weekend. Uh, so, uh, they they started out, I believe it was nineteen to three, and then just dominated the rest of the game and up getting a pretty comfortable win against USC uh, without Charlie's having a huge game so that was that you know Tedder had a nice game Ula had a nice game uh, so that was that was a nice win um and and so uh it was good to see other players in a big game because USC that that became a quadrant one win because USC is in the top 75 here on the road that's a good win uh, so that helps him out didn't move the needle a ton on net only moved him up to like the 68 from 72 I think um so that was a bummer but uh but still very impressive win and then you come back against UCLA uh they're fighting UCLA tooth and nail three quarters you know they're struggling offensively but playing really well defensively Charlize is is definitely the focus she had 19 points on 21 shots through three quarters ended up I think with 24 23 somewhere around there but really, it wasn't efficient. And then USC just started – or UCLA in the fourth quarter just couldn't miss. And, you know, truthfully, yeah. the, the defense wasn't good. They, there was a lot of breakdowns, a lot of open looks for UCLA, and, which honestly they had a lot of those in the third quarter and missed them. So I, it was probably a, a harbinger of things to come. But came in down by two in the fourth quarter, ended up losing by 18, 71-53. So that was a bummer. They couldn't get the sweep. When they were right there late basically with a chance um because honestly they they need to much like the men's team if they want to go to the tournament and they're in a worse place on net than the men's team is although they have a schedule that just will boost their net (laughs) lots of opportunities for those
0: quad one wins
1: Uh, because this weekend is uh you know against the oregon schools both uh you know quad one well, not necessarily. I think they're both. They might both be in the top thirty-five right now, um, or Oregon State maybe just outside of it. Um, but it's uh, two chances for some big wins. So getting getting the one in L.A. was really kind of keep you afloat. And plus, they rarely win. They uh, they rarely win. They've never won at Poly. They rarely win at USC. So just you know, winning a game in LA for honestly either of the basketball teams is is a pretty big deal. Um, well, so that's they were good. like
0: majorly snake bit against USC last year too. Yeah, like that. They wins, should have beaten them you know, twice. Yeah, Yeah. they should have, and then they didn't. <laughs> so uh, to to not only beat USC, but in the fashion they did, coming back. Um, yeah, I think you know we we always kind of talk about with men's basketball like any win and you know, the, on the mountain trip is, is good. Um, I think that's kind of what, how we feel about, you know, this, this, you know, yeah, it would have been great to beat UCLA, but I think, uh, you know, a split, a split is an objectively good result, even if uh, we would have liked to have been a
1: little greedy. So this week, Oregon is 12th in net. So that's a pretty solid opportunity for a quad one win. Um, at even at home and then Oregon State's 55. So that's a, that's a potentially winnable game at home, uh, which Oregon state went on a run like WSU beat Oregon state last year. And then Oregon state went on a big run down the stretch and ended up being a really nice win for them. you know, a, a nice win on the road for them. Um, so, you know, being able to get, uh, you, Oregon's going to be tough on Sunday. But get an Oregon State and if they can steal one against Oregon on Sunday, that's that's one of the quality wins that they had last year uh, that could potentially boost them to a, to a bid. So that this is a big weekend for them. If they get a sweep, they can find a sweep this weekend uh, and then you know potentially like sweep UW the next weekend. Uh, that this could be a, a nice start into building a resume.
0: Yep for sure.
1: But, yeah, I really just – I'm waiting for Charlize to have one of those games that she had last year. She she just hasn't shot that well. I'm hoping she can kind of bust out at some point. Oregon would be a great time to do that, you know, have one of those games where she drops, like, close, close to or around 30 and shoots, you know, 50-plus percent, whatever. She just hasn't, you know, hasn't had a game like that yet this year uh, where she doesn't – you know, she's yep. efficient while also taking a lot of shots. So, it's time, Charlie. It's time. Um, I agree. <laughs> um, but so I guess we want to wrap it up here with some soccer stuff, soccer news. One, for WSU, uh, Cougar legend McKeon Maness is coming back oh, to terrorize, terrorize Pac-12 forwards. So that is excellent um it's like
0: there's (laughs) that is incredible news um she is such a stalwart on the defense with
1: getting Studer but I think Studer's coming back too so I believe so yeah that back that that back line is going to be solid as hell again you know that that great defense that they had this year they're going to have it again yeah most
0: everyone is back man they they obviously lost Elise Bennett um and that you know, that's that's a big blow but they man they got they got a lot of people back again yeah where you know you you get uh you get excited man detrizio is awesome she'll she'll probably step in for Elise Bennett uh you know Frimpong pong Elson is you know a nice little attacking beat like we've got pieces everywhere again and uh well, are, there, there's uh, really no reason to think why they wouldn't you know, still be really, really, really good.
1: Who's the, um, always took the penalties. Uh, she's, she, she got drafted. Yes. I'm, I'm
0: also drawing a blank. Pulver, Sydney Pulver.
1: Yeah. Woo. Uh, so that, so that's, that, those are two big kind of offensive losses, I think midfield and, and striker, but the way they're recruiting. Yeah. Like, honestly, they could probably fill in, fill in those holes and, yeah, I'm expecting you know just getting that defense back again that that was so good last year, and that really kept them in some games against some really big teams. Um, yep, that's you know that that that's exciting, and if they can if they can be a little bit better offensively, which you know obviously we just talked about two players are losing, but still um, you know exciting stuff. Um, and then talking about you know players who were in the program. Uh, Morgan Weaver uh, and Trinity Rodman both got uh, invited to the uh, senior uh, national women's team camp. So that's exciting.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, to have two former Cougs in the national team camp and, um, you know, it's, it's definitely time for the U.S. women's national team to start, you know, turning that roster over toward a, a little bit younger uh, roster Really exciting to see uh, those two get get a good shot. I, I think, you know, at this point, anybody who pays attention to women's soccer at all, you know, Trini Rodman is a star already, uh, and she's just going to be even bigger of a star. It, it, it would not be surprising if she ended up being um, sort of that stalwart striker, uh, you know, that, that hangs around, you know, for uh, 10 or 15 years on that women's national team, you know, yep. just piling up goals, so... Um, Very, very exciting. Very, very cool that, you know, even though she never played a game for us, uh, she she'll always be a Coug uh, to us. And um, it's a very, very, very cool thing to have them getting in and both of those people uh, starting to starting to to make a little bit of waves and catch some eyes and and get a chance to, uh, you know, prove that they they belong in that mix as, uh, you know, as as the manager looks for that sort of next generation of players to take over for, for the Megan Rapinos of the world who are on their way out at this point.
1: Yeah. And yeah, uh, Trinity had a really good rookie season. Uh, Morgan's been uh, kind of increasing her role with the Thorns who are one of the better teams in, in NWSL. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to see them have that impact on our, uh, national team. So yeah, Jeff, we don't have a million sports to talk about anymore. Um, obviously I, you know, I don't follow swimming and track and field obviously we, but we did, uh, uh, hire, um, you know, people now to cover, uh, swimming. Like, yeah. Are you, are you ready to learn more about I, swimming? I am, actually from Kat Rolly. Yeah. I know I am.
0: Yeah. It's exciting, so,
1: man. We keep, we keep adding these young people
0: to our staff and
1: I know our average age is know, crazy. Make me feel
0: young at heart. Uh, so <laughs>
1: welcome Kat. Uh, thank you for reaching out to us, honestly. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're excited to have Kat on. Um, she uh, wants to cover volleyball and uh, swimming which I believe she was a swimmer, um, yeah. a, a competitive swimmer at one point in her life. Uh, so she knows probably more about it than 99.9% of the people in the world. So, uh, that'll be exciting. And then, uh, WSU has had some uh, nice success in swimming recently. Um, some really, um, top athletes in there. And then, uh, volleyball, obviously to have a dedicated volleyball writer will be super exciting because that program hundred percent deserves it. <laughs> and, yes. uh, and I and so yeah, hopefully um, it'll be exciting to see that. And cat, you can write about whatever the hell you want to. <laughs> if you want to write yes. about anything else, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that part too. Yeah, <laughs> of writing for us. Just, yeah, volleyball season is a long ways want. away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. So um, yeah, so uh, that's gonna be on Coog Center when we're saying uh So you know, if if you if you listen to this podcast and you don't know that we also have a website it's called kook center (laughs) and that's that's but it's most likely (laughs) most likely you found this podcast because you read kook center so whatever um but yeah so uh uh if you want to uh follow us on social i'm at the craig powers on twitter jeff is at pod versus everyone if you have any questions comments anything else uh podcast bs everyone at gmail.com and with that all that's left to say right now is go cougs jeff go cougs craig black lives matter black lives
0: matter get fucking vaccinated yeah there ain't no more room in the hospital so do